0: Hello and welcome to Mojo for the Modern Man. This is your host, Ken Mossman. And today I am once again joined by Ed Frauenheim for the second half of our conversation, and Ed launches Act Two with an exploration of pivotal moments that led up to his current work. And I quote, I got into this work of masculinity in workplaces through a long-term study of what makes workplaces and leadership good, if not great, unquote. That study led Ed to joining the research and consulting firm that's behind the Fortune 100 Best Companies to Work for list, giving him some keen insight into what happens at the confluence of leadership and masculinity. And he shares how his work highlighted some of the more serious issues within the workplace, including leading from models of, in quotes, traditional masculinity, which he found can end up leaving a guy isolated, rigid, and cold in a world that's now calling for connection, agility, and warmth. And as he says, it's really not a good formula. We talk about the bigger picture of what it means to be whole and about how within us lies a full spectrum of energies, masculine and feminine, that serve powerfully when we learn to embrace all of what's available. Wholeness, of course. He touches on the battle for the soul of men, pointing to the darker seductions of numbing addictions, violence, and childish acting out, really drawing our attention to the choice point that today's men currently find ourselves in. He digs into a series of discussions of his colleagues, including his co-author in his most recent book, Ed Adams, and the range of work he's involved in. And he highlights the work of Project Compassion and their important timely work of bringing compassion into the world of policing. And we begin to wrap Act 2 with Ed taking us on a nickel tour of his most recent book, finally bringing it on home with a sweet lesson of compassion that he learned on an L.A. freeway from the backseat from his son. There's a lot in this very, very rich Act 2, and if you haven't, uh, I'd recommend listening to Act 1. There's some great stuff in there, and Act 1 does a beautiful job of setting up Act 2, by the way, as well. And quick reminder, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting service, and with that, let's take the plunge. Ed Frauenheim, welcome back to, to our Act 2 here on Mojo for the Modern Man. Good to have you back.
1: Thanks, Ken. Great to be here.
0: Seems like just moments ago we were talking. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a podcast recording joke that only those of us in the podcast biz will get. Um, so, so take us into the. I think maybe the the pivotal moments, different pivotal moments than we discussed in Act One, but the pivotal moments that really directed you to
1: your you know really pointed directly to your work sure i would say that i got into this work of kind of masculinity and and workplaces through a long-term study of of what makes workplaces and leadership good if not great Uh, i had been interested in kind of labor um Work, Worker empowerment questions coming out of college, uh, ended up being a journalist, ended up focusing on HR and workplace matters at, a, at a, uh, a trade publication, and eventually landed at Great Place to Work, which is the research and uh, consulting firm behind the annual Fortune 100 Best Companies to Work For list, hmm. where I was the director of content and research. So I was studying these awesome workplaces around the world, like the Marriott's, the Cisco's. Um, the Wegmans, a great supermarket on the East Coast. Uh, And I was learning that to be a successful leader and to to manage these excellent workplaces, you can't show up as a traditional guy. The the, the attitudes and the behaviors of that um, barking, domineering guy were proving to not be very effective in the work world that's emerging. And uh, a phrase that I've, I kind of come up with is in this like fatter, that fatter, in this faster, flatter, fairness-focused world, which is emerging, I think, right now. Those conventional masculine traits end up leaving a guy being isolated, rigid, and cold in a world that's now calling for connection, agility, and warmth. So it's really not a good formula to be that more stoic. Constantly competitive, uh, self-reliant guy. And, and, and I would add in the sense of being a little bit self-aware is su- super important now too. To be mindful of actually, we've had a lot of privilege, even if we've worked harder to where we got. Other people have worked have to work harder. You no know, one had a had, you know a tougher slog, uh, especially women. If we're white guys, you know, people of color. So I was noticing all that, and I. At the same time, I was connecting some of these dots with my own masculinity story, if you will, Ken, some of the things we were talking about, the the, the losing, winning challenges. Uh, and then when I started seeing that there was a whole you know, men's movement with folks like you and, and others, uh, and my co-author, Ed Adams, they were working more on the psychological side, say, or the personal coaching growth side, I realized that I'd love to kind of contribute to this territory, and that's how I joined forces on this book masculinity
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so some of what you're 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 speaking about reminds me of um i had the i had the pleasure of doing some work with uh uh Raj Sasodia not too long mm-hmm. ago uh, yeah. yeah in the in the in the world of conscious conscious business and um on on one of our when one of the classes that he that that he was co co uh leading um He made it a point, you know, in this room full of in this room full of CEOs of not small companies, you know, bringing in this this notion that, you know, the 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 most effective leaders are going to be those who marry the the energies and the principles that up until now have been have been considered, quote unquote, masculine and feminine. He was very explicit about using that language, too, and not not at all shy about it. And, and I think that's one of the places where you're pointing to. And one Mm -hmm. of the beautiful things that, 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 that Raj was, was pointing to in, in saying that, you know, these leaders need to be all of this is not that they need to be, not that they needed to be feminized in any way. What they
1: needed to be was whole. Love it. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with that, Ken. Um, and one of the one of the ways I've been thinking about that is talking about being an arrow and circle man. In other words, we you know that's the masculine symbol, the, the circle with the arrow pointing up up into the right. You don't have to let go of the arrow part, which is that more I consider the more, and I one of my colleagues, Jim Young, and I have con- yes. conceived this. It's it's the purposefulness, it's the strength, aggression at times. And yet there's a whole part that we ignore, the circle part that is maybe about connection, about compassion, about vulnerability, you know, and to me, it, it, that is what Raj is, is getting at, too, I think, this idea that there is a masculine and a feminine in us, just like there's a masculine and a feminine in all women, like, it's it, these are energies or tropes available to all human beings, but we guys, uh, you know, pressured by society, I think, have kind of squished out the circle for 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 thousands of years and it, it it's we need it <laughs> now to succeed and and live fuller lives to, to be whole as you're saying and as, as raj is saying
0: yeah yeah there's something about uh the the and 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 you know we both, i'm preaching to the choir here i know because we see this all the time in the work that we do that you know we run into men who have um, who've, who voted that, you know, done everything in their power to vote that part of themselves or those parts. It's always more, more than one part. Vote those parts of the more sensitive, the more emotional, the, the, the more aware in many cases, you know, aware of other, the more em, uh, empathetic mm-hmm. to vote yeah. that off of their own island. And then they're wondering, it's like, why? You know, I don't understand why my relationships don't work. I don't understand why everyone except for me in my organization is a jerk. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, i what's love the, the way you yeah. talked
1: about voting off the island uh ken that's a great metaphor for it uh and, this, and the way you talk about awareness uh, to be empathetic does require an awareness of others and, and therefore kind of an awareness of oneself and how one is in relationship to others uh yeah and, and i think there's a lot of guys that get to their 50s and 60s that have the same question you're just posing and and, and the best case scenario they start realizing there's there's some changes they can make. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, unfortunately, a lot of guys are turning to pretty unhealthy responses, you know, including suicide or or substance abuse. Those things are on the rise, as I'm sure, I imagine you are aware of, or turning to the sort of like reactive, petulant masculinity, as some people talk about, and kind of aligning with, let's just grab by the X and and, and be as, as, as crude as we want to be and, and consider any, that we can't, we're just going to be, that's, that's what a, mal, a man is, you know, it's only about strength, might, is, might makes right. And I think there's a battle, you know, going on right now for, you know, the soul of men, you could say, and who's you know, whose version is going to succeed this more evolved one, the, the whole one that you and Raj are talking about, or, or one that is regressing back to almost like, you know, the worst of, of uh, adolescent guy guyness
0: yeah 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 well you're that that adolescence uh adolescence is the i've done some writing about this adolescence is the stage at which most men get get locked into mm-hmm. get locked into and again there's this you know why aren't why aren't my relationships working et etc cetera, etc cetera. um what uh 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 how did you how did you connect with Ed Adams and and what led to the book? Again, the book is, was, is just to, to name the book. The book is reinventing sure. masculinity, the liberating power of compassion and connection. So.
1: Yeah, I am lucky to be part of this neat authors community. Can uh, through a publishing company called Barrett Kohler. It's an independent progressive uh, publisher. And one of the wonderful features of it is that the authors uh, are a very vibrant community. It's not, again, it's not a competitive scene nearly as much as it is a collaborative, you know, mutually supportive one. And that's partly because the publishing company does encourage that. Um, and so I, I knew of Ed's wife through this community, Merrily Adams, who's written a, a, a really great book called "Change Your Questions, Change Your Life." It's been mm. one of the bestsellers uh, from Barrett Kohler. It sold like 300,000 copies or something like that. And I had written a couple of books with Barrett Kohler, co-written a couple of books. One was on, you know, great workplace culture. And Marilyn and I were in talks about how I'm gravitating toward this notion that men have to change at work to, to succeed these days. And, and she mentioned that her, her husband helped roll out the new American Psychological Association guidelines for boys and men that I imagine you were aware of a couple of years ago. And those caused a big stir because they were saying that, a rigid adherence to that con- traditional masculinity is unhealthy and that's what the data showed it and yet everyone's up at arms in arms and in more conservative circles like you're telling us we have to feminize guys you know or then re- what, what's a real man anymore and so the two of us got together kind of put our heads together and say ed can write a lot more about the personal psychological development of guys and, and what's a healthy masculinity look like and i can bring in that sort of work element of how guys are being called to show up at work and collectively we both cared a lot about the broader societal you know calling for men to have a more global consciousness and uh, to to evolve to really tackle the biggest problems that our world is facing and uh that's that's kind of how we we got together and, and you know is uh, i'm proud of the, the the book we we put together because i think it does build on the strengths of that we each brought yeah
0: yeah. You also, uh, again, we'll come back to the book a little bit more. You, I just want to kind of get the get the the range of your work laid out here because um, you have a palette that is, uh, to say the least, broad and rich in color. Oh, and you can. <laughs> yeah, Very you're welcome. You. Yeah. Well, it's true. Um, you know, you're also doing work. I know with uh, um, uh, with, with with Sean Harvey and and uh, it's the Compassion Project. Is that correct? Project Compassion. Project Compassion. I had it backwards. Mm-hmm. Project Compassion. Say a word or two about about,
1: about that. Sure. Uh, we're trying to elevate compassion in policing. And we believe after having you know, studied the topic for more than a year and a half uh, and having some veteran law enforcement officials on this team, a small team, that there is uh, an opportunity to, to, to have greater healing and, and well-being performance and resilience for for police officers, for departments, and ultimately for communities to be healthier if we can bring more compassion to the realm of policing. In particular, we have this inside-out model, Ken, where we're hoping to get police officers to practice self-compassion, to realize all the stresses and strains and the hurt they're under in a very tough job under circumstances have gotten worse you know with all the pressure on them in recent years and then let's build healthier cultures Because a lot of police departments they can band each band together and, and put out a, a, a united front you know when they're criticized but inside a lot of police cultures it's pretty negative a lot of backbiting and tearing each other down and so if we can build those up we can actually have more effective policing policing that is in partnership with communities then. So we've kind of ripples out from starting with compassion for and by police officers. And you know, it it involves this newer kind of masculinity that we've been talking about and a willingness to be uh, vulnerable and to explore one's own feelings.
0: I do hope you're enjoying this conversation between Ed Frauenheim and myself. And a quick invitation to come by my website, KenMossman.com, have a look at the classes page. And if the I Am program, that's my flagship men's program, speaks to you or you're curious, reach out to me and let's have a conversation. And now let's dive back into the conversation with Ed. Yeah, and, and, and I love that you pointed that to the to the fact that they can present there's a there's a way in which um I'm gonna say I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Sean Harvey's language right now that this the, in these hyper masculine environments. You know, yeah. that, that that they that they can. They're they're very adept at at presenting a united front when they're pushed against. On the one mm-hmm. hand, on the other hand, that that willingness to, that 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 eagerness even to be combative, is you know, how you do something is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And in oh, that. Right. Yeah and 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 in that you know those 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 environments uh, 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 almost can't help but but become uh almost can't help but become
1: toxic. Yeah. No, yeah I think that's that's right. And and that's where we we have a nice blend of expertise on our team where we have uh former FBI agent Phil Andrew we have a former FBI trainer and firearms And he also was a a cop at a local agency. Those guys know what it's like to be in in law enforcement communities, and they've experienced that toxicity that you're describing, Ken, firsthand. In fact, they were friends that connected on a more compassionate level while together in a not very welcoming, compassionate, not very healthy culture at one point, uh, stationed at at an FBI office. And so we we combine that with some of the culture expertise that Sean has that, that I bring uh, our, our, some of our other colleagues, Glenn, um, uh, and Val also have workplace culture expertise. So we're trying to do exactly what you're saying. Like, let's get people to be used to treating each other nicely and caringly, which is not to say you don't have to do tough things, but if you are lifting each other, each other up, you're better prepared to reset, to be your best self when you're out there dealing with conflicts and people that are in crises.
0: Yeah, well, I think you're pointing it. Uh, you use the word you used to treat one another nicely. Nicely, I, I, I'd, I'd change the language in there and say t- "treat" treat one another with kindness, because the face of kindness mm-hmm. is the face of kindness, as we know,
1: is not always nice. Good point. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, nice can can be mis misinterpreted there. So I, I appreciate kindness or or compassion. Compassion, uh, are yeah, pretty for pretty sure. Good, good words. Better words.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Um, So, uh, so coming back to the book one more time, um, what in, 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 in a a nutshell, in the few minutes that we have left in, in, in a nutshell, um, what does this book, um, what are you hoping I'll I'll put it that way? What, what what are your, what are your, what are your hopes and feel free to, to, to speak for Ed as well here. You know, what, what are your hopes for the changes that this book Creates for those who have the courage to read it.
1: I hope that it gives men a sense that there is hope, that there is hope for a better way of living. And that starts with just your own satisfaction and sense of happiness, Uh, but it also extends to feeling good about yourself as a, a father, a spouse brother a sister um an employee a leader there's a lot of room for guys to have a better life you know and i think that is my main hope is that we again going back to that permission point ken like we hope to give people permission partly because we tell a lot of stories of of inspiring guys in, in the book um everywhere from anyone from you know joe six-pack folks that you know have been part of ed's uh, men's mentoring men group uh, in in New Jersey, primarily up to Brad Pitt. You know who who really did a lot of self reflection in coming through an AA program, trusted a bunch of guys, and realized that you know he had some vulnerability to 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 explore as part of his own maturation as a as a man. So we hope that the book gives guys permission to think differently about their lives and how they show up as men.
0: Yeah, thank you. And any uh, any. Is there a favorite story that you want to highlight before we part company here from the book?
1: Yeah, I'll tell a story of my own son, Ken. We were talking about our sons earlier. Uh, and like like you, my son is so much more advanced than I was at his age. He's probably more advanced than me at this moment, uh, for that matter. Um, but there is a, a we, I tell a story about his ability to become, I think it was under the compassion section, because we, we talk about, the liberating power of compassion and connection. If you mm. reinvent masculinity and my son is just super empathetic and compassionate. And one moment that I, that we write about in the book was me driving through the Los Angeles grapevine area. And do you know that area much it's, it's driving North out of LA.
0: Yeah. I, I, I can't claim to know it. So okay. I'll say it's, no. It's,
1: <laughs> it's a very busy and confusing set of highway interchanges and if you get it wrong, say you're going from the Los Angeles area to San Francisco, you might spend 20 or 30 minutes, you know, retracing your steps to get on the right path again. And I got it wrong, so I, I made the wrong turn in Albuquerque. You know, not in Albuquerque, but you know, the wrong turn. And I just started like going, ah, like literally, like groaning loudly. And my and my son said from the back seat, it was all my family? My my daughter, my wife, my son are in the car. And he said, Dad, you're you're already everything you need to be. Something along those lines. It's just this notion of being whole, giving myself permission to forgive myself, to not beat myself up, uh, was exactly what I needed at that moment, Ken. And that's a sign of what guys can do for each other. As opposed to sort of like make each other feel worse and lesser than my son was, was lifting me up there and saying, you know, give yourself a break, dad. You know, you, you're an awesome dude. You know, you made a mistake. You know, we're, we'll, get, we'll get back on track. Sweet. Thank you for that. So how can people get in touch with you? You can find me on LinkedIn, do a search for Ed Fraunheim. Uh, I don't have one of these super clean LinkedIn addresses. Uh, also, I have a website at edfraunheim.com. Um, we'll
0: put all and, those links in the in the, in the notes for, for both shows,
1: by the way. So yeah, keep going. Yeah, that sounds great. And ed, ed.fraunheim at gmail.com and another email address. Uh, also, I'm co-founder of a... A group that works on workplace cultures called the teal team, again, the tealteam and that is a you know we we have uh, seminars that we put on about healthy workplace cultures. and happy to talk to folks about any of these topics. Um, and really grateful for your your invitation to to share that, Ken.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Ed it has been an absolute delight spending time with you. Thanks so much for showing up with me here on Mojo for the Modern Man. Thank you, Ken. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest, Ed Frauenheim here on Mojo for the Modern Man. This is your host, Ken Mossman, and you can find links to Ed and all of the good work that he's doing in the notes for today's show. You'll find a LinkedIn link. You can check out his page there. There's also links to the Teal Team, which he mentioned in today's episode, as well as Project Compassion, and of course, links to his most recent book. Which is entitled Reinventing Masculinity The Liberating Power of Compassion and Connection, co authored with Edward Adams. So, lots and lots of good stuff in the world of Ed Frauenheim to check out. And if you haven't listened to Act One of the Conversation with Ed, again, a, a strong recommendation that you go back and do that. There's such good, good stuff in that act one, if I do say so myself. Invitation also to come by my website. You can get there going to KenMossman.com, K-E-N-M-O-S-S-M-A-N, just like it sounds. KenMossman.com will get you there. Come by and check out what I've got going on, particularly in the classes. On the classes page, you'll see that my I Am program is still open depending on when you're listening to this. If you're hearing this before the 19th of August, you can still get into that course that begins on the 7th of September 2022 at the early pricing and receive some cool early bonuses as well as a bunch of other very cool stuff on the website, uh, including every episode of Mojo for the Modern Man. There's my blog, of course. You can sign up and receive those weekly writings right in your inbox. So an invitation to come by, see what I've got going on gratitude for the assistance of Carly Ferrar at Knack and Company for her copywriting expertise and to Megan Johnson also at Knack and Company for her holding up of the organizational side of my organization, which anyone who knows me will tell you that Ken Mossman and organization are seldom in the same room at the same time. So, you know, Megan, thanks for helping me hold it together. And last but not least, of course, to Josh Hines, musician and audio editor extraordinaire. Be well, take care, make it a great day, and we'll see you back here soon on Mojo for the Modern Man.